Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. All across CNY, it's the 315 with Brian Higgins. Yes, it be. Game day. Q's Georgia Tech tonight. Again, pregame coverage with Axe starting at uh, 6 right after on the block with Axe concludes. So Axe will start and then keep going. And then the game will happen over on TK99. And then you'll come back here after the game, whenever it may end, right around 9 o'clock. Myself, Eric Devendorf, postgame show, only place to hear live. And then you can watch it live on QSportsTalk.com, the full Jim Boeheim postgame press conference, your calls and uh, whatnot. We'll interact in the chat and all of the stuff that we normally do post game uh, right here, starting at nine o'clock. With that, we go back to the phone lines. Randy Waters does the uh, color analyst for the uh, Georgia Tech radio broadcast. Uh, welcome uh, back, Randy. Uh, I think since we last talked, when Syracuse won down in Atlanta, we've spent the last month just yelling about Jim Beheim nonstop, one way or another. So I, I don't know how your last <laughs> month has been, but that's what we've been up to up here in Syracuse. Well, um, there's. People yelling in Atlanta about uh, Coach Passner. So uh, I'm not sure who's been yelling the loudest, but <laughs> that's common, I guess, this time of year yeah. if things aren't going extremely well. Well, if anyone's been yelling louder than here, I'm, I'm frightened because we've been yelling very loudly uh, one way or another about it. And, you know, I think we talked about it back a month ago. And, you know, the Georgia Tech season at that point was, you know, still early enough. It was kind of eh, you know, it was hard to get a vibe. And it, it hasn't been yeah. going great since. I know Josh's contract still has multiple years uh, left on it, so I don't know what easy answer yeah. is it to. But what is the chat around Josh right now? Because we know this 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 season is not going as hoped for the Yellow Jackets. Yeah, good bit of negativity. There's no question. He he knows it. He acknowledges it. Um, he addresses it. Uh, he's not shy about that. Uh, he knows the results haven't been um, where he or anybody else wanted them to be. They have won four of their last six, um, and at Wake Forest was a shoulda, woulda, coulda, one-possession loss. Um, at Pittsburgh was two possessions, but it really came, it was kind of a one-possession ending, if you will, stretching it a little bit. And, of course, uh, they turned around after losing at Louisville and beat the Cardinals. And I think anybody who follows this conference right now knows Louisville's not uh, won games, but that doesn't mean Louisville doesn't have talent. So that was a pretty good win. Uh, and the Virginia Tech win for Georgia Tech, but... Uh, they have yet to uh, crack an egg on the road in the ACC. And uh, uh, if Jesse Edwards has his way and Joe Girard has his way, <laughs> like they did in Atlanta, uh, they can't let those two guys operate the way they did in the first encounter. Uh, yeah, Joe had uh, one of his best games of the year. He had six threes, had 28 points in that one. Uh, Malik Brown off the bench in that game, which he may be back coming yeah. off the bench uh, tonight, had uh, realistically the best game in a, in a Syracuse uniform as well you know we've been doing just a, a ton of big picture talk around here recently you know one way or another we're approaching the end of Jim Beheim's career be it you know this year next year or whatever and it gets us thinking about all these big pictures thoughts so I'll ask you this Randy about Georgia Tech well, where is your sense right now you know big picture where Georgia Tech is fitting in the ACC obviously it's been an ACC program a lot longer mm-hmm. than, than Syracuse but where, where do you right. feel the Yellow Jackets place in the league is right now um it's it's not uh, well. Obviously, it's been much better at mm-hmm. times in the past. That's that's uh, that's um, that's stating the obvious. Uh, to to perhaps go behind or beyond that a little bit, 
Uh, we all know if we follow this game, and I'm sure your listeners do, and I, when I say this game, I mean college basketball in general, not just the ACC, that mm-hmm. the NIL thing and the portal have, have created almost instantaneous change. Um, the previous administration, as far as previous AD, um, were very slow, I think, to grasp what NIL and so on and that impact would be. Uh, and so Georgia Tech, frankly, has been behind in that uh, arena, if you will. Uh, I don't know how close they are to being, quote, caught up and being able to um, you know, process those things like some of the other programs in the conference. Uh, I do know that there were, and I'm not going to name them, I do know their names, but in general, there were a couple kids who were uh, they thought were ticketed for this year's team uh, and ended up elsewhere when someone from elsewhere stepped in with some NIL situation positives. And they tech, Georgia Tech has not been able to um, do those kinds of things. Um, but that's not to lay it all on that situation. Um, they thought Rodney Howard would be much more effective uh, as, as the big, but that's not been the case. Javon Franklin... The transfer from um, South Alabama has been tremendous. He's got like seven double-doubles now this year, but, but they are very undersized. And I know I'm getting back to this year's you know, situation rather than big picture there for a moment. But, um, but they are uh, playing much better defensively. Um, Joe Girard, for instance, in that first matchup, as you said, pretty much had his way. Tech did not react well to uh, as as good as Joe Girard is at at giving up the ball and getting it back and then reattacking. Um, they just did not cover that well. They didn't cover the ball screens well. Girard pretty much had his way. And one thing that's changed for Georgia Tech uh, with the smaller lineup, they have been better at holding on to the ball, not giving it away. Um, their points off turnover edge the last few ACC games, and they've been on the positive side. That just did not happen uh, in, in the first uh, two-thirds of the conference schedule. But where Georgia Tech's place in the ACC, uh, right now it is, it is tenuous as far as being uh, competitive at a high level. Uh, this year, this season, this offseason coming up, and I, I have no idea what's going to come from the hierarchy, the decision makers, the president of the institute, and and the AD who's only been on the job now about, I guess, two months, two and a half months. Um, I have no idea where they are going to go, if they are going to make any change. I do not know. Uh, If I'm in Josh's shoes, uh, my, I don't want to say plea, but my case for patience, I guess that'd be a better way to put it, would be, um, let's see what we can do if we do, if we are able to, shall we say, address things with uh, young men uh, in, in the same fashion, if you will, as some of the other programs in the ACC have done with NIL and so on. Uh, yeah. So, I, and, yeah, and, I don't know where it's going to go, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry. And you're right, right? It, it, you, you mentioned this year's team, and that it all ties together in this day and age. It, it, there's kind of no way yeah. to separate these things. And, you know, we've had all these conversations. I I, obviously, you know, Syracuse basketball, it's the only game in town here, but it's a smaller town. Atlanta, there's 8 yeah. million things going on. And, you know, wherever Georgia Tech yeah. falls in, in the hierarchy there. And combine that with, you know, the portal and, you know, Georgia Tech's academic requirements uh, at points 
Yeah. To get in, it's got to be a little trickier, right? To to be nimble and move fast like you have to do in the NIL era. There are. Let's put it this way: there are much easier quote, quote coaching jobs in college basketball than than where Josh Pastner is coaching right now. Mm-hmm. Let's let's put it that way. I, I'm going to tell you this right now: there were two kids today that had to take a couple of hours out, maybe not quite that long. They took tests by remote. Mm. Um, there, there's an academic counselor that travels on every road trip, and they do study hall. Um, and, hey, it's, it's different. They do, uh, Georgia Tech does not have a liberal arts curriculum. Um, the, the main income, the 800-pound gorilla at Georgia Tech is the research and development wing. They compete with Caltech, with Michigan Tech, with Cal Poly, um, with MIT, and the folks in that part of the world, that part of campus, I'm not sure they know a two-pointer from a three-pointer from a <laughs> turnover, <laughs> you know, but they don't care. Um, and that's just, uh, that's just the way it is. Now, coaches have had success there, obviously. Bobby mm-hmm. Kremens turned it all around in the mid- early to mid- mid-80s. Uh, 1990 team went to the Final Four. Um, the as did Paul Hewitt uh, in 2004. Um, Brian Gregory uh, never, never that that administration uh, never got untracked, and then Josh came in and uh, won won a. And some people say the ACC tournament they won the COVID year. Well, that wasn't a real. Well, nonetheless, they played the teams they were supposed to play mm-hmm. and beat them. Um, so. They have won an ACC tournament within the you know season before last, um, but um, you know people are quick to forget, and that's just the nature of the beast right now. So I don't know where it goes. I don't know what the president and the AD are going to do, if anything. Um, but I do think uh, there are some things that are being done that will give Georgia Tech a better chance uh, to compete in some parts of modern college basketball. And I'll say this. You know, the, the transfer portal, I mean, heck, let's face it, guys. you got to recruit your own players now. Mm-hmm. Or they'll even go somewhere if somebody starts throwing some NIL at them in, in the portal. And um, the blessing to me of the transfer portal is the guys like Lance Terry from Gardner-Webb, who has, has he ever proven he's an ACC player, and Javon Franklin, from South Alabama, of course, he went to junior college, suffered a broken leg, went to Auburn, then South Alabama. And the blessing to me, the silver lining of the transfer portal, is guys like that who've been given new life and being able to prove they can play at the highest level of college basketball. Yeah, And that's a great thing, frankly. No, that's huge. You know, guys getting the opportunity to, you know, move up. Show what they got, and then yeah. you know that plays out. Then you go be a pro somewhere, and the whole thing like it, it plays out down the line. And you know, you talk about rosters and this whole thing. Like we've been talking about this for weeks now. Syracuse has twelve players on scholarship right now. All of them mm-hmm. because of the co- adding the COVID year and whatnot. All of them have it have at least one more year of eligibility left. Uh, we have zero clue who's going to be on the team next year. <laughs> like exactly, not a yeah. clue who's going to be on the team next year. Yeah, and, and it's it's uh, like I said. Sometimes you you got to recruit your own players if if you if you if you want to keep those players. And I do think, and, and just in talking with people around the league, you know, some of the crews that come in and out, they're like, 
uh, well, Brian Oliver, of course, played at Georgia Tech and chatting with Brian and, and Corey Alexander and Mike Jaminski and guys like that, um, you know, and, and just shoot around sessions and so on. I, I think a lot of people are looking at the extra COVID year that was applied to pretty much everybody. Mm-hmm. And should it perhaps been simply applied to those who were of the grade classification, you know, freshman, sophomore, junior, whatever, that uh, that, that COVID situation cost that group uh, a tournament berth or, a, or a, a chance to get somewhere at that time of the year in that part of the season in tournament play, uh, rather than a blanket additional year for everybody. Uh, one thing I don't like now is, a lot of times you're looking up and seeing a, because of that situation, you're seeing a 23-year-old competing against an 18-year-old. And I'm not sure that's a good thing, frankly, to be honest. Uh, we we just watched that situation at Pittsburgh on Saturday because that's Pitt's whole, whole, uh, yeah. whole team right now. They, yeah. they're, the, the stat that's floating around, and I take no credit for coming up with this, the, but that Pitt's starting right. lineup, their average age is older than the Oklahoma City Thunder, which is pretty yeah. uh, pretty telling in the league right now. All right, uh, Randy, uh, last thing for you. What are you expecting tonight? Because you know, it was an odd game last time down at, at in Atlanta, like Georgia Tech rallied yeah. back with like ten minutes to go, and the Orange got to yeah. drop the hammer in the last you know eight minutes. So, what do you think you're going to see tonight in the dome? Yeah, I, I think Joe. I think Joe Gerard was the main that carpenter and dropping that hammer. Uh, yeah, he was. That but, yeah, but uh, Jesse Jesse Edwards too. I mean, uh, again, uh, Javon Franklin has given this offense new life. They move the ball better. The ball doesn't stay in one place. They are much tougher to defend. That's given the guards and the, and the small forwards. Uh, better openings, Jalen Moore, who really kind of came of age a little bit here last year in the game at Syracuse. Georgia Tech did not win that game, but he, for the first time, looked like he would be aggressive against the Syracuse zone and attack and so on, and he's kind of grown from there. Um, so I, I fully expect Tech to, to do a better job in staying attached on those ball screens, which Gerard gave Gerard so much room. Now, can they handle can they handle the likes of Jesse Edwards and Malik Brown on the glass? It's going to be a very, very, very tough assignment for Georgia Tech to compete again with the interior game of Syracuse tonight. All right, Randy, uh, always good to chat. Enjoy the game tonight. I know you're in good hands in the Dome with our guy Andy Demetra. He'll tell you exactly where to go here in his alma mater town, so he'll take care of you, and I'm sure we'll talk again soon, okay? Well, he just went for a jog just to prove he loved this weather. He's a Syracuse <laughs> grad, uh, and and um, you know I'm I'm mad at uh, the the Georgia Tech SID Moose Famous because he did not emphasize that both Peter Moore and I are graduates of Ashland College in Ohio. So you know you you just you you can't control these guys sometimes. You know. Yeah, you just you, you never know. I mean that information needs to be out there, Randy. So I'm glad that you've. Uh... <laughs> Put it out for the people. All right. Uh, Maybe it shouldn't be out there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. All right. Good to chat, man. Uh, enjoy the game tonight. All right. Take care. That is uh, Randy Waters does the uh, color for uh, Georgia Tech on uh, the radio alongside uh, Syracuse graduate Andy Demetra. With that final break here, this hour brought to you by William Attar. Hurt in a car. Call William Attar at 444-4444. Back for a final wrap. And what's on tap after this is QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio.